And I'm your host, Stephen Poos Benson. How about that? Hey, the purpose of this podcast is to give me an avenue for me to share my thoughts and ideas about God, about religion, about life and spirituality, everything from sermons that I've preached to sermonettes that I deliver here on the podcast to interesting interviews. I've got a great interview uh, next week with Todd Rice. Todd is a church member here at Columbine, a good friend. He has a compelling story to tell. I love his story, very inspirational story. But today what I'd like to do is to share with you the sermon that I preached this past Sunday, April 22nd. You know, for me, sermons are interesting things. I mean, you hear them on Sunday morning, they go by in a flash, but then I believe sermons have kind of an echo effect that you, uh, they kind of live with you for the week. Often myself would like to go back and hear the sermons that I hear that other people preach, and I like to go back and listen to new ideas and new insights that I have about uh, from the sermon. So that's what I'd like to offer you today is a sermon so that maybe you can either hear it for the first time or maybe the second or the third time to grab some new idea uh, from it. In this sermon, I preach about Jesus having dinner with disreputable guests and how the scribes and Pharisees chide him for hanging out with the riffraff. Now, the point that I make in the sermon is that we're all God's disreputable guests. We're all riffraff and that uh, we're all invited to God's great table in the kingdom of God. And the challenge that we have to uh, set a table for all of God's children and to develop communities of faith here at Columbine United Church or other churches, churches or maybe in your own neighborhood or community where all of God's children are included. I talk about radical inclusiveness. So there you go. Here's my sermon for this from this past Sunday. I hope you enjoy it. And as I said, have some new ideas or insights. Take care. Thanks for listening. The scripture passage this morning comes to us from Mark's Gospel, the second chapter, verses 5 through 17. Listen for God's word as it comes to us today. Now, later, Jesus and his disciples were at home having supper with a collection of disreputable guests. Sounds like you were invited to the party. (laughs) Unlikely as it seems, more than a few of them had become followers. The religious scholars and Pharisees saw him keeping this kind of company and lit into his disciples. What kind of example is this? Cozy with all the riffraff. Jesus, overhearing, shot back. Who needs a doctor? The healthy or the sick? I'm here inviting the sin sick, not the spiritually fit. And here the passage ends. May God bless these words now as we seek to apply them to our lives. God's riffraff. Keeping cozy with the riffraff. God's riffraff. So I have a question for you. Have you ever gone back and found a picture of yourself when you were in your 20s? And maybe some of you are in your 20s, but have you ever found a picture when, uh, when you were in your 20s? I went back this weekend for this sermon, and I found a picture of myself when I was 25 when I showed up to work at Columbine United Church. It's a little fuzzy around the edges. I had uh, cut my hair for the occasion, and believe it or not, I had trimmed my beard up. And you know, when I look at a picture like this, I thought to myself, how did they ever let me in? How did you all ever let me in to work in? Because I was working with the children and the youth. I mean, what kind of example is this? Hanging out with the riffraff. And you know, because I had bell-bottom pants, I had tie-dye shirts. You know, I was like this riffraff that blew in from San Francisco. And you know, and I still have that kind of a, that kind of a closeted hippie inside me. 
You know, and I've decided that when I retire, I'm going to let my hair grow out again. I'm going to let my beard grow out. And, you know, I'm, next time you see me, I'm going to look something like, yeah, that's going to be me, baby, let me tell you. All right. You know, when I was a minister, when I was a young minister, people always tell me, you know, you don't look like a, a normal minister. And I used to keep on thinking, you know, what did a normal minister look like? You know, if it looked like this guy, no, I didn't. I never looked like a guy like this. Every time I tried to look like a guy like this, it just never worked. And so I just, I had to be myself. I had to be my own self. Now, that sometimes was a scary occasion. I remember Jan Clayton said over here, she goes, when you first came, you kind of scared me because you look like the leader of some type of religious cult. <laughs> but you know, the, the cool thing, though, is that you wrapped your arms around me. You embraced me. You, know, you took me right into the church community. As I said, you, you allowed me to, uh, to work with the children and the youth and to be a pastor in your midst. And you know, So we've been doing this now for, uh, for three and a half decades. We've had this marvelous run. And one of the things that I, that I love about Columbine United Church is that you have the ability to welcome every type of oddball that has ever walked on the planet. You have welcomed them. You know, when I think about, you know, the, the people that I've met who have been a part of this church over the years, I think to myself, we are this interesting mix of people. You know, when Mitch and I talk about this, Mitch always says, he says, you know, people don't intend to find Columbine United Church. They don't intend to find us. Uh, usually, they, they go out and they look everywhere else they, for a home, and they, they can't find us, and they end up here. And so he says, in some ways, we're like the island of misfit toys. <laughs> that you can't fit in other places, but you end up here, and you find the church home. Because what happens, you come to Columbine, and you end up finding a place where you can just be yourself. That who you are is good enough. And you realize that who you are as a child, is, a child of God is good enough. You don't need to be anything but who you are. And when we think about our why of who we are, our why as a congregation, we need to start right here looking at the key thing about us is our why is realizing that who we are as children of God is just good Start with why. Start with why. That's my preaching series that I've been doing. I want to do all through Eastertide. Eastertide, the Sundays that following Easter, they go all the way up to Pentecost in late May. And I want to start asking the question is, what is our why? Why are we doing the things that we're doing? As I said last week, I've just turned 59. You know, retirement seems to be, you know, the next six years. I'm kind of heading into the, the last uh, corner of my work in ministry. And I have this drive to know why I'm doing what I'm doing. Why are we a church? Why are we, what are we trying to accomplish here at Columbine? I want to know why. A Dave Tabor, um, church member, turned me on to a great book, Start With Why by Simon Sinek. Some of you, uh, I've talked about it last week, and some of you got the book and started reading it, How Great Leaders Inspire Everyone to Take Action. And what I love about this book is he talks about when you have a sense of why, a crystal clear sense of purpose of who you are as a human being and what, what your business is about. It's basically a business book. When you understand your why of your business and you're clear about that, that that attracts other people with a common sense of why. And together, your why and their why forms a great business relationship, forms great interpersonal relationships because you inspire each other to greater living. You inspire each other to greater living. 
And so, you know, at Columbine, what we've been driving on, or what I, what I want to continue driving on, is asking ourselves, you know, who are we as a congregation? We have a vision, mission, values, and identity statement. How many of you, when you came in today, got this uh, piece of paper? We were supposed to be having maps. Does everybody have one of these? If you don't have one of these, we want to get them into your hands. Because, you know, this is our mission statement. We've pulled this right off of our website. Um, I wanted you to, to read this, because most of you, you know, you're here, remember the church, but you have no idea what's on this. You have no idea what's on this. And, you know, for me, if it's just words on a page, it's not enough. We have a mission statement, but as I said last week, you know, I don't want to do more than just have a mission statement. I want to be on a mission. I want to be on a mission. Now, Matt and I were talking about this, Matt's sitting over here, and we're talking about that, you know, it's so important that this becomes a living document that we all can agree to, that sense of being on a mission, a sense of adventure on the back side of this. It says, you know, why are you here at CUC? Those of you who are um, watching this live via Facebook or on YouTube, I want you to figure out, why do you take the time to tune in to us? What are you trying to accomplish? What is it that you're hearing, us, hearing from us? Because, you know, this has to be something that we can all say, I'm all in. I'm all in. You know, that's when people ask me, you know, well, I come to church, you know, I've been coming for years, why should I join the church? Why should I join the church? Here's why. Because when you join the church, it's a way of saying, I'm in, baby. Count me in. I'm willing to step forward, I'm willing to be a part. I'm going to put my time, I'm going to put my money, I'm going to put my energy, because I believe so much in what's happening here, I want this to happen. I want this thing, Columbine United Church, to happen. Because, you know, we are a place that embraces everybody. That's what we want to be. You know, what I said last week is Jesus, uh, oops, Jesus, I missed my point. I was on a roll, too. Back up. Jesus embraces everybody. And that's what I love about the scripture passage that, that I chose today um, from Mark's gospel. Um, he is with, he's at home, which I think is interesting to note, that he is at home, he has a home, he has disciples, you know, he has a home, maybe he had a mortgage they have to pay, maybe he had a job that he had to use to, to work at, to pay for his home, but he's at a home in Capernaum, in Capernaum is where his hometown was, and Jesus has a dinner, he puts on a dinner, and he invites all types of disreputable guests, that's what the scripture passage tells us, and I always wonder, you know, who is that? What's the judge on that? Is who's a disreputable guest? You know, was it people that were like carpenters and stonemasons? Was it people like, you know, who built the roads and dug the roads and maintained the roads? You know, were there prostitutes and burlesque dancers? Were there bar owners? Who was at this, who was at this party? Who was at this dinner? Ultimate kinds of people. In fact, even Jesus had the religious snobs, the Pharisees and the scribes, and they were there. They were there. And they were all partying together. But then the scribes start noticing the guests, and they start looking at Jesus, and they start saying, you know, if the, if the teacher is truly who he says he is, shouldn't he be hanging around people that are cut above? They're a little bit better than all these people? You know, and the scribes and the Pharisees, they grab hold of his disciples, and they say to his disciples, what's with the master hanging out, getting cozy, with all the riffraff. Now I like to imagine that right there, the whole crowd got quiet. Because the religious snobs had just called them riffraff. Maybe they didn't see themselves that way. But they were just people. 
And Jesus says to the, to, the, um, to the religious snobs, he says, you know, who needs a doctor? The healthy or the sin sick? And then he says his why, this crystal clear sense of why he was come, has come. He said, I am here inviting the sin sick, not the spiritually fit. I'm here inviting the sin sick, the spiritually fit. I am here to seek and to save the lost. I am here to find the lost sheep. This is why I have come. Not for the healthy, not for the well, but for the sin sick. And what I think is powerful about that is because as his followers, if we're trying to hang on to our sense of why, then we need to make our why his why. We need to align ourselves with that. You know, we need to create a, a community that embraces all people. Because, you know, what we say about Jesus, that I used this term last week, he is radically inclusive. If he's radically inclusive, we need to set a table where all people can come. The disreputable guests, the riffraff, all people can come and participate in the, in the community of Columbine United Church. And when I started thinking about the riffraff and the disreputable and who should come, you know what I started thinking about? You. I started thinking about you. I started thinking about me. Because, you know, since we've been together for so long, I know who you are. <laughs> you try to hide it. You try to hide it. I mean, you drive nice cars, you wear nice clothes, some of you have really good jobs, and you try to hide it. But you know what? I know who you are. You are kind of tattered along your spiritual edges. You have that riff-raffiness sense about who you are. And that if we really want to invite people to come to Columbine United Church that can really benefit from who we are as a congregation, what we really need to do is to set a table at God's, God's table, set a place for God's table for someone like you, for somebody like you. We need to invite you to come to God's table. You know, people always ask me, or some of my colleagues ask me who work down in the inner city, they say, you know, why don't you come, why are you working all your career in the burbs? Why don't you come down and work in the inner city with the people who really need ministry? The street people, the homeless people, you know, the the just really kind of the, the disreputable people, we might say, of society. Yeah, you know, those people do need ministry, but one of the things that I love about the suburbs is the suburbs is a place that needs ministry unlike any other place I've ever seen. I mean, think about this. We have homes that are built this far apart from one another, you know, 8 to 10 feet away from one another. And what is the predominant feeling that people express in the, in the suburbs. Loneliness. We have a lot of people who are very lonely. We have people who live together in the same house and they don't know their neighbors on the right and the left. They don't know the name of the, the, the neighbors they share a back fence with. They have no idea who they are. They come, to, they come home, they pull in the, pull in the driveway, the, uh, hit the button, the garage door goes up, they pull in, the garage door goes down, and they stay in the house for years. And what happens is create a sense of isolation for us. 
and here we are in the suburbs, what I, what I found over three and a half decades of working with you is that we have some serious issues. We have people of the blues, depression, sorrow, and anguish. We have people who are filled with woe, despair, loss, heartbreak, and grief. You know, we have mental illness in our neighborhoods, but because of this facade that we have to put out that we're okay, the mental illness never gets addressed. We, some people can't afford to address their mental illness. That's why I made mental, mental illness one of our, our my, uh, big goals for this coming year. We're going to launch a whole program this fall on de dealing with mental illness to try to help people ed become educated and understand how to care for a loved one, how to care for yourself if you have mental illness. We have teenagers, one of the highest rates in the nation of teenage suicide rate. We have racism that is rampant throughout our suburbs. We want to talk about a place that is needing a ministry. It's the suburbs. And what God has said to us, what God has said to us is you, Columbine United Church, Right here, right in the middle of all of this pain and sorrow, right in the middle of the sense of loneliness and lostness, right here, God says, right here, I want you to minister right here. I want you to serve these people's needs right here. I want you to create a community that will inspire people in their living right here. And when I think about the fact that, I think that's so profound because, you know, I talk about, I want to take the ministry of Columbine United Church out into the world, spread the message all over. But, you know, if we can't do it right here with one another in this community, in this congregation, then really, who cares about taking the message out? It's hypocritical. We have to do it right now among us, the people sitting on your right and sitting on your left. We have to create a community that welcomes each and every one of us. We have a, a committee, our marketing committee. Matt Matson's been leading our marketing committee. He's been doing a great job. We have a new marketing brochure that we're going to give to new people who, um, who come to Columbine. And it's a, a statement of Columbine United Church, you are loved by God. And if you see that, then there's a statement that's underneath that that I've listed up. And I want to show you what, what, uh, what we've written because it's a powerful statement of who we are. You are beloved by God. Whoever you are, whatever your past, I love that line, whatever your past, you are welcome here. Democrats, Republicans, Independents, gay, straight, wacky people, fancy people, parents, singles, old folks, regular folks, I love this line, hipsters, rustlers, hustlers, responsible adults, kids of all ages are welcome here because you are a child of God. Now, let's read this together. Let's read this together. You are beloved by God. Whoever you are, whatever your past, you are welcome here. Democrats, Republicans, Independents, wacky people, fancy people, parents, singles, old folks, regular folks, Hipsters, rustlers, hustlers, responsible adults, and kids of all ages are welcome here because you are a child of God. 
Because you are a child of God, you are welcome here at Columbine United Church. You know, when I started thinking about this, I started thinking about who we are as a congregation. You know, and, and if, you're, if you need the rich and the famous to worship with you, they too are the child of God. But you know what? There's not a whole lot of really rich and famous people here. Well, there's me, but you know. <laughs> if you need that, you're not going to be really happy here. There are other churches in the area who have a lot of rich and famous people who go there. That's not who we are. You know, if you need a building with spires and tons of stained glass, although I do like our stained glass. You know, our stained glass was designed uh, by the great-granddaughter of Frank Lloyd Wright. Did you know that? Yeah, it's kind of cool, our stained glass windows, Frank Lloyd Wright uh, heritage there. But if you need something mega fancy, you're not going to be satisfied here. We don't have the mega fancy building. We do building renovation. That's because our carpet is held together with duct tape. But uh, <laughs> if you need a slick pastor, if you need a slick pastor who's wearing three-piece suits, although I really like his tie. I like his tie. You know, you're not going to be fancy. You're not going to be happy here. You know, um, I wear black jeans and cowboy boots every single Sunday to church. It's because it's who I am. You know, if you need something more than who I am, then you know what? You're not going to be very happy here. Because you know why? We are average, everyday people. We are ordinary people. Nothing slick, nothing fancy about us, but you know what? It's through our ordinariness that God is going to do extraordinary things. Extraordinary things. We're the living embodiment of the presence of God in Littleton. In the Columbine area. You're in this whole South Jefferson County and Arapahoe area. We are the living embodiment of the presence of God. And this means that we have a huge responsibility. You have to do your part. You know, we say that we're changing the way people see God. That's our tagline. You know, that's a cool tagline. But really, we, this building, is not doing that. If we're going to change the way people see God, it's by you and how you live. Because people are going to look at you, and they're going to see someone who's ordinary, whose God's doing extraordinary things through, and God's going to say, what's with this person? How come this person is hopeful, optimistic, believes in the best of everybody? And they're going to ask, what's different about you? And you're going to talk about the presence of God in your life. And then you're going to suck up the courage, and you're going to invite them to come to church with you. Because you know that there's something dynamic that happens here. And when you, they invite you to come, that means the rest of you have this huge responsibility. When you see someone that you don't know, even if they've been going here for, since Noah built the ark, I want you to put your hand out, I want you to say, hello, it's so good to have you here. And then people don't know kind of what to say after that. Here are the three things that I use. Here are the three things that I use when I meet somebody. So how goes it? How goes it? Then you allow the person to determine what their it is. Hey, what's your story? Tell me what your story is. Then you allow them to determine what it's the story they're going to tell you. 
hey, how'd you find us? How'd you find us? And you let them tell the story about how they, how they found Columbine. And then you tell the story about how you found Columbine. Then you talk about the significance of this church to them. And then you know what? You invite this person to go and have coffee with you. You invite this person maybe to go out and have brunch with you. You make some type of contact with this person, and you invite them to come next Sunday to church, and then you look for them next Sunday at church. Because it's through these relationships that not only do we build a strong church and a strong congregation, that's good, that's fun. But it's really because God said, you, here, be the presence of God. Columbine United Church. Do you know what? We've missed something completely. This is our 50th year anniversary of being a church. 50 years of being a congregation. 50 years we have served God here in Littleton. You know what? That is a beautiful thing to be a part of. It is a beautiful thing minister to God's riffraff. It's a beautiful thing to minister to each other.